The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Hello and welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair podcast with your host, Lakeisha. Today, I have a very special guest in-house with me, Miss Kia Holloway. You want to say hi to the TEC listeners? Hello, everyone. And Miss Kia is an LPC, so a licensed professional counselor like myself. She is born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and she has started her own private practice back in 2012 called Imani Counseling Services. And she works with children, teens, individuals, couples, and families. Kia believes the faith is the first step in dealing with one's problems and an important component in healing, which is why she named her practice Imani. Imani has its origins in the Arabic and African Swahili languages, meaning belief, faith. Outside of her work with clients, Kia also works hard to promote the importance of mental health and to dispel the associated stigmas. Kia is also dedicated is a, also a dedicated wife and mother of two, and when she isn't working, loves to spend time with her family. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? I'm good. So, in correlation to the series I'm doing, the games we play, I have you answering the actual iceberg I was going to have you do later when we introduce your husband, William, who will be coming in later okay. um, to play that game. Um, but I'm going to change the icebreaker. So <laughs> <laughs> so what is something like weird that you do that nobody else may know you do or somebody may consider weird? Mm, I smell my food before I eat it a lot of times. Okay, I mean, but little kids do that too. So uh-huh. you know, like, so maybe it's weird for an adult then. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I should think. Of do your kids now. think it's weird? I don't know if they know that I do it. I'm not. Do you like secretly do it, like on the side so people don't know you smelling your food before? <laughs> if I'm in public, yes. <laughs> but you all really? I do. I okay. Do. do you just smell to make sure like it smells like you want to eat it or? I've been doing it since I was a child, so it's just kind of a habit now. I'm not even sure why I do it. I just I just sniff it a little bit and, <laughs> and eat. <laughs> that is so funny. You smell your food. <laughs> I do. I do. So well, now everybody knows you do it. So yep. I mean, it's not that weird anymore. <laughs> So that's all right. But you'll actually be talking about relationships because that is like one of your v- favorite things to do with within therapy, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. So why working with couples? And I know you work with teens and um, children as well and do family stuff because we we go way back to yes. rap days. And you are actually one of um, the many therapists that influenced me to continue on within the mental health counseling. Oh, you know, I was like, that. dang, I'm trying to get like them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you you have a hand in that. So, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, I just, I'm a big family person. I love mm-hmm. family. So, you know, when couples come in, my main goal is really just keeping the families together. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are almost on their way out, whether it's divorce mm-hmm. or just splitting up. And yeah. you know, I come from a family of divorce, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of a personal thing for me too. Mm-hmm. But I'm just always really just I go hard with my couples. I just yeah. want to keep them together if you know yeah. if they're willing to work for. It. So I I love families. I love couples, and I know a lot of my colleagues don't really care for it. But <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. You have two different personalities. Yeah. And, a lot of times they're coming in when it's pretty late in the game, so they're upset and they're angry mm. and they're, you know, one foot out, but I love it. I really do. It is hard, but yeah. I do enjoy it. Yeah. Now, what made you start 
in counseling altogether. So what what well my first um, career path was education. I okay. thought that I wanted to be oh. a kindergarten teacher. I, oh, I can see you doing that. I can't anymore. That was the <laughs> thing then. Um, and, you know, things happened and yeah. I switched um, my major, my okay. senior year in high, college, I'm sorry. Okay. So I had to kind of work really hard. Oh. To, yeah, I did it late <laughs> to get out. Um, but I've always kind of naturally liked helping people. I know okay. it sounds cliche, but, you know, I was the little kid clipping coupons for my mom, you know, <laughs> making sure she saved money, yeah. always wanting to help people. So this was just kind of like a natural path for me once I decided I didn't want to do education anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I've been loving it ever since. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I can <laughs> totally see you being a kindergarten really? teacher. I can. Yeah. It's, you just have that personality about you. Okay, well, thank yeah. you. But not, <laughs> I don't think my patience was set up to do that. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. So what is the most common issue that the couples come into you with? I would say number one would be communication. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Trust is up there, too. But typically, um, the number one problem that I do have or that I see is communication. Um, A lot of couples either aren't talking or they're Mm -hmm. talking, but it's not really effective. Um, So... Um, once we get the communication part together, then usually some of the other issues that they have mm. kind of flows a little bit better with the trust mm-hmm. and some of the other things. But it's typically communication is always the first one. Mm. So how where do you start when they come in with abrupt communication and they really ain't trying to hear each other? A lot of times... Um, I just I kind of sit back and I let couples just kind of talk mm. when they come yeah. in. Again, sometimes they're kind of on their last leg, so they're arguing mm. and bickering. And, you know, oddly enough, I don't say much like okay. in the first couple because that's my way of assessing their communication mm. style. Yeah. You know, after the first two or three sessions, then I, I step in a little bit more and I just share my observations. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm seeing, you know, assumptions are being made or a lot of mm-hmm. accusations and talking at each other so then I start pinpointing some of the things that I'm seeing from each one Mm -hmm. and then kind of going from there and then you know giving them exercises to do and different things like that how easy or challenging is it for you not to automatically like take somebody's side if they come in um because the communication is so chaotic because of the lack of trust Mm -hmm. so you know you hear the stories Mm -hmm. of the couples and Mm -hmm. you'd be like probably in your head you're probably like dang like that's messed up you know because like (laughs) when I hear it I'm just like dang that's messed up you know you you want to naturally take the side of the person that you know was quote-unquote done wrong Mm -hmm. but of course as therapists we have to be neutral right so how how do you remain that way especially you know because dealing with probably uh black couples Mm -hmm. majority of the time time, you know you understand in a as a black woman Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. you know where she's coming from you probably like girl you are so right (laughs) like how do you not do that (laughs) i mean it is kind of hard sometimes um and I do, I think I do a pretty good job of mm-hmm. uh, remaining neutral, but I call them out on their stuff, um, mm. both sides. You know, if I hear the man saying something that, you know, may be contributing to the issues, I'll mm-hmm. let him know. Mm-hmm. I'll let the woman know, too. So, you know, I'm still neutral, but if wrong is wrong, and I'll let yeah. them know. And, you know, when they're doing something right, I'll let them know as well. And then typically, you know, I give my whole speech about <laughs> being neutral and calling mm-hmm. each other out, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody is wrong. So it works pretty well. And they receive the criticism, you know, and the critiques Mm -hmm. from me pretty well as well. Mm, That's Mm -hmm. good. What are Mm -hmm. some of the activities you give the couples? One activity that I do kind of early on is a needs list. I have Mm. each couple um, 
make out a list of needs, not okay. wants, but I do the needs because, you know, people can want their spouse to make three million dollars a year. Which, right. You know, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. But do you need that in order to remain in a good you know, marriage or mm. relationship. So I have them differentiated that way. So make a needs list. They don't share it with each other until we come into the sessions. Okay. So then they're, they're talking to each other. I have them face each other and just kind of go over what their needs are. Some of them, you know, the other person kind of already knows about, but a lot of times some of them are surprises. Yeah. Like, you know, I need more support in this area or I need mm-hmm. this. So that's usually a really, really good one. Another one that I like to do is um, kind of a surprise for one another. Mm-hmm. So each person um, thinks of something very nice and special to do for their partner, oh. whether it's, I don't know, give them a massage or, yeah. I don't know, buying them a necklace or something. But it has to be a surprise. They can't share it. just kind of have to spring it on them and just kind of get back to, you know, mm, a romantic yeah, part of you know, the kind relationship. Kind of like why we fell in love. Exactly. Almost. Exactly. So those are two that I usually do with all of my couples. Okay. Now, how is it when you're dealing with those couples? Because, you know, um, people change, relationships change, they mm-hmm. grow. Um, you know, somebody is stagnant and set in, I'm not trying to progress or, mm-hmm. you know, go beyond what we're doing. And the other person is, you know, like... I'm trying to have us get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I guess to make it um, more realistic, although it really isn't, Power, do you guys watch Power? I have never seen Power. What? I know, I know. I've never Man. seen it. Well. <laughs> I'm going to use that example. Or one of the last few people on the planet. I've never seen Power. <laughs> okay. Well, in the um, the show. Okay. <laughs> so um, the main character, his nickname is Ghost. Um, okay. He, he was, well, he currently still is in the drug game but he's trying to turn legit and be mm-hmm. a upstanding businessman um but his wife was kind of like no why do you want to do that like we our life is good with what you're doing right now mm-hmm. um so it was that constant discord which um ultimately you know he ended up cheating with you know his long-term high school sweetheart because okay. she believed in him and wanted the best for him okay. so how do you deal with situations like that when the one person is set in, nope, you don't need to do anything more. Like, what we're doing right now is great. Another person, I want to get us to the next level. Pretty much at that point, I mean, the ball is in their hands. And I have mm. to just say, hey, you know, what are we doing? And mm-hmm. I've had to do that before. Just kind of stop the therapies. Like, what what are you doing? What? How do you want to progress? Because if one person is here and the other person is there, yeah, therapy may or may not work for them. So sometimes they have to take a break and just figure out do we want this relationship and I, I will pose that question mm-hmm. sometimes one person's like yeah I do the other person's like well no I don't it's like well until it's either two yeses or two no's you guys may yeah. have to just come together and figure out how to move on because I mean I can give you tools I can yeah. give you strategies but if one person is pretty much done it's not a whole lot that I can do at that point hmm. so yeah how how easy or or challenging is it for you not to take ownership for that you know because this is what you do um and just as therapists it's our nature just to take in and take ownership of what our clients are experiencing mm-hmm. so you know if you happen to have a couple that be like you know what miss kia this ain't working for us like we done with each other and you know and say they've been in sessions with you like 20 plus times or mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it seems like everything is working and going towards the right way where you're like yes they yes. gonna make it yep. then they just flip the script and be like you know what this ain't for us <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean that could definitely happen and I I try not to take those things personally because yeah. again I am a big family person and mm-hmm. I, again I go really hard for my couples but I mean if that's the conclusion that they make 
as a therapist, I have to respect that, you know, mm-hmm. what I do, I'll let them know that, I, you know, I don't close their cases right away. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it. You know, if you mm-hmm. guys decide, hey, you know, maybe we do want to give this another chance. Give me a call. You know, mm-hmm. let's try it again. But if they need to take a break, I'll step back and say, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Put my feelings aside and just, okay. you know, let them breathe. Because, you know, sometimes it just it just isn't working. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And now um, I want to touch a little on about you mentioned earlier about um, your parents got mm-hmm. divorced. So yes. that is like was your catalyst for focusing a lot on families mm-hmm. and couples. Mm-hmm. How do you think that has impacted you on just like being a great therapist as you are and even in your marriage? Well, you know, personally, it makes me really want to spend even more time with my mm-hmm. family, you yeah. know. Growing up and with your mom and, you know, my dad, I saw him a lot Mm -hmm. on the weekends and whatnot, but like just not having those memories of family vacations Mm. or, you know, even family dinners, I try to really push for my own family. So it's like, okay, we're going to eat together or let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. You know, I I don't know if my husband thinks that I go too hard on the family outings, (laughs) but I really like to push for those because, you know, whatever happens with us, I at least want them to have those memories, you know, of mom and dad being happy, mom and dad being together. And as a therapist, it just, again, it just makes me really want to help those other families. As a child, I know Mm. how it feels to, you know, have your parents split. Yeah. How old were you when they? I was really young. I probably was five or so. So I don't really have memory of my father being in the house at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's a therapist to me. I just feel like, oh, like, oh, like, how does that make you feel? Like, okay. <laughs> right, I promise I'm not going to do therapy on you on, on air, child. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But, but I just love that you are taking that just to be like, well, you know what? My parents didn't work for whatever reason, mm-hmm. so maybe I can help other right, couples work. Right, exactly. But, you know, some couples... I. Again, this is my opinion, but I think some of them give up a little bit too easily. So, you know, when they do decide to come to therapy, I'm really, really excited Mm -hmm. because, you know, that's not, it's still kind of taboo Mm -hmm. in our culture. So when they come, it's like, okay, let's do everything that we can to try to keep you guys together. If that's what you want, I'm in it with you. Yeah. So when you do get them, Mm -hmm. are they self-referred? So they just thought like, or one of them was like, hey, let's go to couples counseling. Or was it like family members talking to them like, y'all need to go to a therapist? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, And usually, just from my experience, it's typically the woman who Hmm. initiates. I've had a few men who initiated it, but um, typically it's the woman who initiates it. And, you know, sometimes the, the guy may come in a little bit reluctant, but... Um, usually gets into it and then sometimes the guys come in they're ready to go it's like yes we're gonna do this and sometimes mm. the woman is a little reluctant so yeah. it's a little mixed bag hmm that's awesome though mm-hmm. oh you're doing some great stuff thank you now I know I came across an article um, in essence and it talked about um, finances and communication being like the top reasons why um, couples marriages don't work out Mm -hmm. but they also listed uh about like eight others okay i'm trying to pull it up right now oh so one of them being like familial and societal pressures so how do you deal when you have those clients who are coming because maybe mama-in-law (laughs) mama-in-love is all up in the business or other family members or friends in one ear how do you deal with that i get that and you know 
I, I really tell my couples, you really need to work hard to keep people out of mm-hmm. your business. Mm-hmm. I know mama is important. I yeah. know daddy's important. But when you, especially when you're married, like that's your number one priority. You know, mm-hmm. mom and dad, they don't take priority anymore. So mm. um, and I have had couples where, you know, the wife is complaining about the mother-in-law or vice versa. Um mm-hmm. You got to get them out. And, you know, sometimes I know it's hard to hear that. Yeah. Like, well, that's my mama. That's my right. daddy. They were there first. And, yeah. and that's great. You can love them. But you have somebody else now. And that's mm-hmm. that's number one. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think people understand kind of the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. They're like parents. They don't outweigh your spouse. Mm. So that's a hard thing to hear. But that's what I have to tell my couples a lot of times. You yeah. know, get them out your business. Friends, too. Yeah. 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 Now, how do you coach somebody through that? Because, you know, that that is a tough one. And people are like, but, you know, my mom and daddy going to always be here because if we don't work, child, like, right. they going to be here. <laughs> right. It is hard. Um, and it takes time, too. Mm-hmm. So you have to really be patient. I mean, as the partner who, you know, on the outside waiting for mom and law to get out your business, you know, being patient. Because it is hard to tell mom, you know, hey, mom, yeah. can you please <laughs> not call my wife dumb or, you know, something yeah. like that. But. Mm-hmm. Um, just with patience and just, you know, letting them know, like, what your goal is. You took mm. this vow. You wanted to get married. Here you are. So what are you willing to do to make it work, even if it means upsetting mom or dad a little bit or friends a little bit? Mm. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else did they say? Lack of flexibility, mm. they said, is another one. Um and in terms of, I think it's, it, it, it used an example of like child rearing because mm-hmm. people are coming from two different homes. So mm-hmm. um, when they come together in marriage, so you're bringing two different perspectives on how to raise children. So yes. how do you deal when people are not flexible? And again, but it goes back to what you said, that communication piece. Exactly. Understanding. So typically, again, once we can get the communication together, a lot of times all those things fall into place because many times it's about lack of communication. It's not even really so much about the, say, the child rearing. They don't mm-hmm. like the way someone may have talked to them about it or something. So coming together and say, OK, well, this is my idea about it. Let me hear your idea about it. And then just finding something in the middle. But again, if you can get them at least talking about it in a positive way usually they can come to some sort of compromise. Mm, yeah. Um, unspoken expectations. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, so you must get it. Oh, yeah. I, I hear that a lot. A lot of <laughs> and it, again, it falls back to communication. Like, I think mm. communication is really just the umbrella. Yeah. Because um, people aren't mind readers, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my um, couples, say what it is that you want, you mm. know. Yeah. Um, you can't expect someone to know what you're thinking. And, I, well, we've been together for 15 years. You know, he should know yeah. this or she should know this. And I guess you can say he or she should, but they don't. So tell them, mm. you know. And then once couples start doing that, it's like, oh, that was easy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just tell them what you need. Yeah. And then, again, those expectations kind of, they disappear somewhat. Yeah. Um, forgetting the friendship. So um, I think Essence used that in terms of when both people got together and just that friendship that they had Mm -hmm. at first and they forgetting that once they get the titles of husband and wife. Mm -hmm. So they no longer equate that as a friendship, per se. Right. And and that kind of goes back to the other um, activity that I give them about, you know, surprising each other. I always encourage my couples to go on a date. I know sometimes mm-hmm. when you have kids or whatnot, it gets mm-hmm. really hard, but put the kids to bed and yeah. watch a movie and pop some popcorn or, you know, just talking, you know, rekindling that friendship that you had that brought you guys together. Mm-hmm. So just doing some, you know, one-on-one things like that. 
And it's pretty simple, you know, people yeah. kind of forget that, but just simple things can rekindle that. Yeah. Not showing up for your spouse. Yes, I see that too. And again, communication. Mm. I know I keep saying communication. No, but that but is. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes, you know, I hear, well, I didn't know they wanted me to do this. or mm. I didn't know that they wanted me to do that. And then the other person, well, you're not there for me and you didn't do well, tell them that, yeah. you know, again, yeah. they won't know that unless you tell them that. And that's where those, you know, expectations or even the assumptions are made that my person knows this. No, you have to tell them. Mm-hmm. So. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Unforgiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And that's what brings a lot of my couples in as well. You know, not being able to forgive. Um, one question that I ask my couples, do you want to forgive them? Hmm. You know, people say, yeah. well, I can't forgive. I can't forgive. Like, Well, do you want to? They're looking at me like, well, yeah, like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, start there, like, wanting to forgive yeah. somebody. That'll help. And, yeah. you know, again, communicating. Yeah. Um, going on those days, you know, rekindling mm. that friendship again. You know, I think that aids in forgiveness process. Yeah, no, that's true. Lack of investment. And not, and they weren't just talking about, like, money, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, time and attention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) (laughs) No, please. Like this, like this, this, this session Mm -hmm. is, is solely focused on communication and just like, that is like the main element in any relationship. It is. And just like everything kind of falls apart once the communication piece is gone. But if you're feeling like your partner isn't invested, again, say something, you know, a lot of times we sit and we fester about he's not doing this or she's not mm-hmm. doing this and we're not saying anything and then you come become complacent mm-hmm. now you're mm-hmm. angry because mm-hmm. you know we're basically like roommates but it's like just talking you know yeah just tell the person how you feel that goes a really really long way mm. what mm-hmm. other communication activities do you do with your couples um, to help aid in the not talking at them but you know let's talk to each other yeah one thing um you know, when I'm hearing my couples argue, you hear those absolute words like, well, you always and you never. Mm. So I try to really harp on not using those. Okay. Like, don't say you always do this or you never do that. Um, because when you use those words, this, the other person usually is going to say, well, give me an example. Mm. <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, well, yeah. if I'm always doing something, give, <laughs> give me, me an, an example. example. That's true. And the <laughs> other person is like, well, I don't have any. Well, if I'm always mm. doing something, you should have Ooh. an example. <laughs> So I try to get away from those. Um, and then they just sound so accusatory. Like, yeah. you always do this. You yeah. never do this. Um, even if you say you do this a lot, that still mm-hmm. sounds better mm-hmm. than always or, you know, never. So I try to, you know, get them to stop using those on using more I statements. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I feel mm-hmm. bad when you call me ugly or, you know, mm-hmm. something like yeah, that. Yeah, or yeah. not like you, 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 you. Because, again, people get defensive. Yeah. And then once you get defensive, your point isn't hurt anymore because you're in, you know, comeback mode now. So mm-hmm. just try to keep the defenses down, you know, using those I statements, um, not the accusing language, and just trying to stay calm, you know, not raising yeah. a voice. Um, and it's easy to do once you're in the heat of the moment yelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, your point gets lost. I mean, you may have a really, really good point, but if you're yelling at me, now I'm defensive and my mm-hmm. hearing is shut mm-hmm. down because I'm ready to come back at you and yell back. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure you also do, because I always think about um, in a training for my job, we um, 
we go to this training and it's just about being here, being now, being present mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not always thinking, OK, what am I going to say next right. <laughs> after, right. you know, after this person talks, when is my turn? Exactly. But, you know, just to like actually like be there, be present mm-hmm. and listen, listen, you know, and so it's OK for those silent pauses. It is. And, you know, it is. I mean, listening is a part of communication. It's not yeah. just talking, it's listening, mm-hmm. you know, so absolutely. Mm, let's talk about the different types of communication, the nonverbal, because mm-hmm. I think that's a big one that people may miss because they always think of communication as something verbally that is said, but they right. miss. Right. Um, and actually, I just had to tell I was working with a couple and I had to tell um, the young lady to be careful with her verbals because she was quiet and, you know, she was listening, but she was rolling her eyes and kind of huffing and puffing. And he's <laughs> looking at her while he's talking. And of course, he's like, well, what? You know? <laughs> So that's important. I mean, when you're listening, yeah, you know, just, yeah. you know, making good eye contact, not yeah. rolling your eyes, not huffing and puffing and, you know, doing that because that says a lot, you know. So mm-hmm. nonverbals are so important, so important. Mm. Now, do you have a, like any specific activities that you do for people? Because, you know, like you said, she she was very well quiet mm-hmm. and, you know, to somebody that's not looking at the nonverbal, she was listening, quote right, unquote. Right. But her nonverbals was just like, huh, or just the side eye. <laughs> and like, yeah. really? And for some people, that's a process. They have to really work on that because that's mm-hmm. just kind of what yeah. they're used to. Um, I encourage letter writing sometimes. Oh. You know, like sometimes you just, you can't articulate what you're feeling or saying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, write it down. It's better than nothing, you know. Yeah. You have time to you really think about what you want to say and actually the same person she wrote a letter oh. and it worked out really really well for her because okay. she has a tendency to kind of you know go off a little bit or yeah. if he says something she gets snappy and then again a point gets lost because now he's defensive and they're mm-hmm. arguing so you know sometimes until you get to that point where you can really sit and listen and you're not rolling your eyes just writing a letter yeah. you know oh and now uh how do you deal with the couples who are bringing like past hurt that they haven't processed and worked on in their marriage. Yes. In a lot of those cases, um, I end up seeing them individually as mm-hmm. well. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to yeah. um, help them process their own individual hurt um, because it's spilling over into their mm-hmm. marriage. So if mm-hmm. I can help them at least get that part and then bring them together. And sometimes I do it simultaneously. You know, I'll mm-hmm. work with a couple yeah. and then work with a um, client individually. But that typically... Um, is the route that I'll take or, you know, refer them to somebody else yeah. if they want to see a, a separate therapist. But they have, and I'm very clear, like you have to get that worked on. Mm. If your marriage or your relationship is going to work. Mm. And are many of them receptive to that? Yes. Or? Okay. A lot of them actually would bring it up. Like, I think I need individual mm. counseling, you know, because I know that I'm dealing with some things. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Then, so if you get somebody that, that say that's, engaged um you know thinking about marriage um and and they're working with you individually right now Mm -hmm. um would you ever suggest um premarital counseling oh yeah for them like before you know and granted like they're still working on their stuff Mm -hmm. um you know i don't know how much of it will be worked out before they actually get married Mm -hmm. but you know to assure like the partner like has a better idea or you know what I mean I always encourage premarital counseling Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic um because you don't always consider some even the smallest things that can really rock your marriage I mean how many kids you want Mm -hmm. again that's a simple thing so you may think but 
you may come in, well, I wanted 10 kids and I only wanted two, <laughs> you know, so like, oh, or none. <laughs> or none. And that, that's have happened too. Like, yeah. oh, that's, that could be a deal breaker. Mm. So getting those things, finances, you know, who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to do this? You know, um, how do you clean up a house? I mean, just simple things like that yeah. that can really um, make the, you know, initial part of the marriage rocky. Go talk about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I've seen couples like, man, I didn't think about that or I didn't you know, consider mm-hmm. that. So I always encourage premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I was talking to um, a, a older lady that is married. They've been married uh, maybe like... 20 years Mm -hmm. but she didn't um go through premarital counseling and you know she laughed when she said it to me like you know i probably didn't go because i knew i wouldn't have married him and i was just (laughs) like well dang (laughs) like that would have scared you straight which my question is why are people so hesitant to to go to go to you know premarital counseling and i guess maybe the fear of knowing the reality when you have it in the back of your head being like Mm -hmm. this person and i are not compatible yeah you know People people associate counseling with um, problems. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. so it's like, well, why should we go to counseling if we're not, ha- you know, before we get married, mm-hmm. if we're not having any problems? I don't think they just really think about, the, like, again, the small things that, you know, could be a problem in the beginning, you know, getting mm-hmm. those small finances or the children or things like that. So I just don't think it's a consideration up front. Like, we're, we're okay. We love each other. Let's get married. Why, you know, why do counseling? Yeah. That's true. Hmm. Well, I do have some listener questions if you're okay. up for them. Sure. Yeah. Let me go to my email to get them. There's some good ones, too. Okay. I know one of them off the top of my head was, what strategies or advice would you give somebody um, who, if one of the mates are not, like, financially fit okay <laughs> and they just kind of like spend the money like water okay <laughs> and so you know they don't necessarily take care of things that they need to take care of and then that leaves the other person kind of like in a bind mm-hmm. and they they were asking like so should they hide money or what what <laughs> <laughs> well, I no that, that is co- that's a tough one i mean that can definitely cause issues if you're hiding money but then you want to make sure you have money um I know in the past I've advised some couples to maybe even work with a financial advisor so that way it's an outside person, you know, telling them about their money because, you know, if your wife or your husband is saying it, you may tune it out some because, you know, you've heard it so much. Mm-hmm. So maybe having, you know, a professional come in and say, hey, this is what's going on. Sometimes people take professional, you know, a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I don't know, that may can help in that situation. Yeah. versus the husband or wife. I mean, they're frustrated at this point, so it's probably mm-hmm. just yelling and mm-hmm. name-calling, so just maybe bringing yeah. third party in. And how do you deal with that when you have those couples that have been married for, like, eons? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the that has always been an issue, mm-hmm. but now it's really like, you know what? <laughs> like, I'm just fed up. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of some examples if I've ever had that. I I'm just trying to go through my list of clients yeah. and like see if I have like a real example of when they're just kind of fed up. Um, well, definitely communicating that, mm-hmm. you know, being mm-hmm. fed up, mm-hmm. letting the other person know. Um, 
And sometimes just ask the other person, well, what, what do you want to do? I mean, you see that hmm. this is an issue, you know, the money or whatever the problem is. Would, how do you think this will work? You know, because I'm sure the other person's been telling them, do this, do this, mm-hmm. and maybe not asking them what they think would work better for them, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of finances and getting yeah. kind of their, their take on it. Mm. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. Then I think about if the person be like, well, I mean... <laughs> I just want to live. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you have those people mm-hmm, that are do. like that. Like, I, I don't, you know, want to have to really worry about that kind of stuff. I just want to live life. And you're right. like, it's okay to live life, but. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you have to be responsible, too. Exactly. Right. Um, another listener question is, so it, it's this really big thing about, and, and I quote it as the promiscuous phase, but it's known as another kind of phase. I prefer not to say it on air. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but. Um, the question is, is it really necessary to have a promiscuous face? So in many of like the TV shows we may see, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, you are liberated, you know, because you can be sexually free. Right. And right. things like that. Um, some people even have coined the term as a feminist. And okay. I'm kind of like, that's not really what a feminist <laughs> is, but OK. Um, <laughs> so do you feel that it is necessary to have a promiscuous face? No, I do not. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've never read any studies that said having a promiscuous phase is going to somehow make you better in life. But mm-hmm. no, personally, no, I don't think that you have to. I think that people want to be promiscuous, so they yeah. do it, you know. <laughs> but it's not a necessity, no. Yes. And that makes me think about um, when you have your own stuff that mm-hmm. you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want to have a promiscuous right. phase? Right, what's going on behind that? Because typically it's something deeper. Yes. You know? Yes. And um, and it's so funny. So um, I um, started seeing a therapist like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, and one thing, like my very first session, we talked about, you know, promiscuity and things like that. Um, and, you know, one thing she said to me was like, you know, um, promiscuity is when you want to do it. Mm-hmm. But if that was not like your main thing, like, oh, I want to do this with this person and do that. But it's like. I'm seeking this mm-hmm. or I'm looking for something. So she was like, you know, you were really like looking for something. Mm-hmm. Um, the last session I had um, with another therapist, I, you know, talked about me not having my biological dad in my life. Um, but I have, a, I have a great, amazing dad. Y'all. I do. Um, he's just not my biological father. Okay. So, you know, you have that piece of you that's like, oh, I still feel like it's something Absolutely. that's missing. Um, and, you know, for me, man, I had situationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that stuff is real. And um, one thing, and that was what she highlighted, the therapist highlighted to me was just like, you know, you call it promiscuity, but you were looking for something. Mm-hmm. You were looking for a father figure. Mm-hmm. Promiscuity is when you want to do that mm-hmm. and you didn't necessarily want to do that like you were just seeking for somebody to love you right you know how you perceived in your head how a father should love you mm-hmm. and I was like you are so right like yeah. I started crying yeah. <laughs> because it's true it is true <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah I thought about that let's see what else what other question is here what what are the um the psychological effects when people are promiscuous or and I and I maybe not even to use the the promiscuous word but just when they are seeking that father figure or mother figure and other people what does that look like when you have those clients in front of you psychologically um, when you see those people um 
you just see, you see a lot of hurt mm-hmm. because you know that they're looking for something. Again, people label them as other words mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, and a, a lot of times they don't even know that that's what they're seeking. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. you know, I've had, you know, women tell me, I just like sex, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I like. But as we start pulling back that layer, it was like, no, I really don't. I just, I want, I'm, I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to fill a void. So you see a lot of hurt and you just see a lot of, a lot of times anger mm-hmm. in these um, people, men and women. You know, yeah. my experience has been mostly with women, but there are men out there who, who are missing something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes they shy away from actual relationships because it's mm-hmm. too hard. Mm-hmm. You know? So they go the other way. Mm-hmm. And it's funny for me, like, I was like, please, somebody yeah. be in a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I wasn't the opposite. And it was like, you know, I knew this person and I were not compatible. But yet, you know, it was like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a make him love me or right. want me, you right. know. All right, I've yeah. seen both ends. I've seen those who you know love the relationships, yeah. but I've seen those who shy away. It's like I don't want to be mm. in a relationship. It's like no, I just I want what I want, and because I'm I I'm not worthy of mm. anybody really loving me, or I don't know how to love. Yeah. So why would I you know spend time in a relationship? Um, I don't even know what a real relationship is because they've never really seen one. So yeah. you know I'll just sleep around and you know get that you know ten minutes of pleasure and just keep hopping around, mm. you know, trying to fill that void. Man, yeah. I promise I ain't gonna cry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I promise, like I, I feel like I want to, but I'm not. <laughs> um, another listener asks: So, being quote unquote thick is in. What are the psychological effects of having plastic surgery? What are the psychological effects? Like the aftermath of having yeah. plastic and, surgery. And I guess to add in the piece too, like of what, what you see on TV, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is imprinted in your brain of why do you feel the need to go off and have surgery to quote unquote be thick or fit this. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that rooted just insecurity, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was always really small, you know, so and I definitely <laughs> had insecurities <laughs> um, about that, but um you know, th- these women, they're insecure. So they're, again, looking for something, trying mm-hmm. to fill a void. So mm-hmm. let me get my breast bigger or let me get my butt bigger yeah. because that'll make me stand out more. And um, and as you see in the news, a lot of these things are Oof. botched and people are dying. Yes. You know, trying to get these butt implants and these, I don't know, lip and, you know, bigger mm-hmm. and whatnot. So um, I think a lot of them needs counseling as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just about know the physical part of it's like again why do you have to go to that length exactly you know to to look good and mm-hmm. for who mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm and then after you get that done then what like then what so you have a bigger butt and right you have bigger breasts and then what then a lot of those people they don't stop you know they keep yeah. going and they go and then pretty soon their body is looking disfigured and it's like what are you what are you seeking yeah mm. no what is your best relationship advice or tip that you have my best relationship or tip um just offhand i would say respecting your partner Mm -hmm. um that respect goes a really really long way um even when you're not communicating that well or um even if there's a little bit of trust issues if you respect the person that you you're with um 
at least you have that to hold on to. Mm-hmm. So when you do get angry, let's say you have, you know, you respect your partner, you're not trying to hit below the belt. You know, mm. I, I love this person. I respect yeah. them. I'm mad, but, but I respect them enough to not hit below the belt, not go overboard. So I think above all, just really respecting the person that you're with. I think that, it, you know, it keeps boundaries in mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. from going too far in certain areas. Mm. And then... That makes me think of when people do not respect the person. That's where they come into your office with. But he said this, and mm-hmm. he probably like, shoot, that yeah. is like. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of disrespect. You know, I love her, but you know, it's like, well, is that how you talk to somebody you love? Mm. You know, you're not being respectful. Yeah. So at the least have that. You know, we can work on communication. We mm-hmm. can work on a lot of stuff. But just at the very least, respect the person that you're with. Yeah. So. And one last thing um, before we take a break and come back with your husband. Um, So when you do have those couples that uh, come in and they don't have that model of what a marriage looks like, then what like what are you referring them to? Like their ideal of what marriage looks like Mm -hmm. to them or. Yep, and that's again that's another assignment that I've actually <laughs> done. Um, is have couples like, what are your ideas of what a marriage mm-hmm. is, and have them kind of compare. And sometimes that's the only reference that they do have. Their parents weren't married, or they didn't have any people who were married. So let's look at what your idea is and build from that. Because you'd be, su- I guess, I was kind of surprised that like you can't find anyone in your family who was mm. married. And you know, I've just recently had a person who was like, no, like nobody really had a good marriage. Uh, like not one person. They was like, no. So they don't really have an idea wow. outside of the, their mm-hmm. own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So um, if that's the case, well, let's talk about your ideas. Let's see if it matches your partners. And then, you know, if they do, if they don't, let's let's see where we can kind of get you guys on mm-hmm. the same page, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I feel like that can be a whole nother session on its own. So I think I'm going to have you back for that. Okay. Just, you know, about... Um, and, and granted, the premise of the show is in order for us to be our best selves, we need to be healthy physically, mentally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. But of course, like for me to be in the community amongst our people and just, you know, dispelling the myths about mental health and therapy mm-hmm. and what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. But um, black love, you know, yeah. like that's a gap in our community that it we is. need to heal. It is. It is. Because when you, when you hear somebody say, I do not have one example, not yeah. one, like, Wow. That hurt my feelings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, so that, that would be a good segment. Yeah, so we'll definitely do that because I know um, Oprah is is doing um, this Black Love. Uh, okay. I, don't, I think it's a series. It might be a series. Really? It okay. comes out August 29th, and so it'll have different um, stars okay. um, that are married talking about marriage and how hard it is. Yeah. But, you know, and the struggles and the ups and downs. So oh, That's awesome. We need yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we will do that. And uh, Miss Kia will be back to do that. <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we'll be back right after this. Through drought and famine, natural disasters, my baby has been around for me. Kingdoms have fallen, angels be calling, none of that could ever Into your eyes I 
Hello, and we are back still with my special guest, Miss Kia Holloway, and her husband, William, has joined us. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> yes, and William is actually a school counselor, so shout out Absolutely. to all y'all school counselors out there. Y'all doing some great stuff. Absolutely. We trying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now how long have y'all two been married? 12 years, this is our 13th, going into our 13th year. Oh, yes. when? When is the anniversary? April 2nd. Oh, mm-hmm. yay. Yes, yes. This is so exciting. So I'm glad you were able to come and Kia like roped you in. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so William, y'all, is joining us because we are playing our version of the dating game. Okay. I think it's called, the, or no, it's maybe the newlywed game the newlywed more so. Game. I think so. <laughs> I, it, yeah. Because the dating game was more like the bachelors, yeah, right? I think so. Okay, yeah. So this is this is our version of the newlywed game. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So what I did, y'all, I sent Kia and William separate emails with questions um, for them to answer as their self and then how they would answer how their spouse would answer. So I told them no cheating. So y'all didn't cheat, right? Nope. Nah, no okay. cheating. <laughs> I was like, that was a little long pause. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it wasn't any cheating. We didn't, okay. we didn't share the answers. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so the first question. So I asked Kia, if your husband can be any superhero, who would he say he would be? Would it be Superman? The Black Panther or Green Lantern? And Kia, what did you say? I said Superman. Superman, okay. Um, nah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I put Black Panther on that one. Okay, so why did you say Black Panther? We're keeping it black, you know what I mean? (laughs) African-American guy, superhero. You said so, I mean. We don't got a lot of African-American superheroes, so you got to keep it black for that one. Okay, and now Kia, why did you say Superman? And and I thought the Black Panther, too, for those very reasons. I said, no, I think he may say Superman. (laughs) I just, I I don't know. I just felt like Superman was more powerful than the other one. So okay, okay. Yeah, so, he he probably is the most powerful of the three that you put up there. Not yeah. probably he is, but right. um, so, for the you know sake of keeping it black for my people, hey, black power, I, we, right, we, we right. going T'Challa on that thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty geeky too, so superheroes is kind of my thing. So oh, cool, cool. Yeah, it, is. it is. I love it. I love it. <laughs> then we asked Kia, how many dates would your husband say he waited to kiss you for the first time? Four? You said four. I got it at five. Um, okay. I mean, so which one is it? Or is it kind of like, mm, I, I would I would go with Kia's answer. <laughs> <laughs> you said you tried to be nice and add one more in there. <laughs> no, it, was, it was, uh, we've been together for a while or whatever. Yeah. So thinking back kind of on that, that situation, um, it's a little fuzzy right now. To be honest <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Um, yeah. And in this situation, it's not a typical, I don't think it's a, we had a typical kind of a dating period either. Okay, so, okay. um, I, ne- I necessarily didn't look at it like that at the time. So, oh. but I, I figured around five dates and okay. she said four. So, yeah, not so, too yeah. long. Right. We shaved one off of that thing. Right. <laughs> That's, That's all right. right. That's all right. Yeah. Then we asked Kia, what would your husband say is his favorite comfort food? I said some kind of dessert. And um, that was in my head, but I just put pizza on it. Pizza on it. Oh, wait, <laughs> Dessert was really in my head. Like, why? Why you didn't put it down? Because pizza is my other thing. You know? <laughs> so so you was like, she right, she? and and at the same time, it's like I just didn't put that. One. She's right though. You know, dessert is my go-to kind of for comfort. Oh, 
well, see, that's all right. You 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 know your husband. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, she got that one. She hit that one on the head. <laughs> yes. So then we asked Kia, which movie star would your husband say he is most like? Forrest Kojo, Amari Hardwick, or Morshesa? Before you answer this, let me tell you, when William sent his answer, he said, none, to be honest, but if I got to choose. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing is, I was like, none? <laughs> yeah. I said none of them, but since I had to answer one, I said Morris Chestnut. Okay, okay. That's the same thing that this I put. Is, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, he was like, none, but I mean, uh, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm out here like, William Holloway? <laughs> he ain't on there. Uh, I guess Morris Chestnut. I don't know. Okay, so, okay, <laughs> even in your I guess, what made you lean to Morris Chestnut? He dark with the goatee. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, yeah. these other, uh, Amari Hardwick, I don't, you know, I can't get the full beard. <laughs> and then uh, Boris, he, he the whole, you know, another complexion. So, <laughs> any boy is, I got a head full of hair. So, I mean, all them do, all three of them real smooth. And, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I kind of like to believe that I am too sometimes. Okay, but okay. I just ain't on that level. So, I, you know, I ain't want to put myself in the, this is what them dudes do for a living. So. Okay. <laughs> And now, Kia, why you say Morris Chestnut? I, I went with the complexion. Thing. Okay, yeah. And like you said, um, I think out of the three, they were he probably is the most smooth that I could see. So I oh. thought okay, that, that had to be more toward him. So I don't know, but I really did think none at first. Look, see, so but y'all on the same wavelength. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like that was gonna happen too. So. <laughs> see, look. <Yeah>. And <laughs> then we asked Kia. What color would your husband say looks great on you? I said orange. Oh, okay. I said like black or brown. <laughs> Dang, I had black was my number one. I was gonna put are, black. Oh. These are that's her color. You know what I mean? okay. black, so either black or brown is like her go-to color. So and I love black. So I was gonna say black. Yeah. I said no. Nah, I'll put orange. Oh, I so what made one. you do the orange? I think because I think I look okay in orange. So maybe. <laughs> you said because I look good in it, so he just gonna roll with. Yeah. Had other people compliment me on yeah, orange, so I thought yeah. maybe, maybe he likes it too. <laughs> I like her in all the colors. So. Uh, <laughs> look, see, look at that. Good answer, good answer. So, so fellas, y'all hear that? Y'all taking notes, please. Oh, I just, just talking about marriage stuff. That's how you get points, man. <laughs> come on, come on. We and, and after this, we're gonna have you spit a little something to the men to help help them out. You, know? you got to bring me back when you bring her back. I, okay, I, I, got, I got you. I got something for everybody out here. Okay. <laughs> you got a word for everybody. No, I'm just jiving around. <laughs> Put a mic in front of me sometimes. I get a little crazy. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So now these other half questions are what I asked William about Kia. Okay. So I asked William, where was the best vacation you guys had that Kia would say? Um, I put our Caribbean cruise is our um, our honeymoon. Oh, yep. she said the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look at y'all. <laughs> we asked William if he had ten dollars in if Kia had ten dollars in her hand right now, what would she spend it on? Food, shoes, or entertainment? Well, I um, ten dollars ain't enough for no shoes, really. I mean, you, you can you can find some, and I, and she just actually found some not too long ago. <laughs> For ten dollars, but I, I put food food for that. Cause you was like ten dollars ain't enough. Like, you know, uh, okay. You know I don't know if she gonna really want them ten dollars shoes. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I put food on there. I put shoes. That, I, that really was what I was leaning to. It was like ten with ten dollars. 
I found something fine yesterday. So. See, yeah, I know, but I, I, you know, I wasn't thinking she really, <laughs> she really is a bargain hunter. She ain't trying to. <laughs> She ain't trying to spend a lot on clothes and stuff like that. So Yeah. <laughs> then we asked William, which game or sport would you say, would Kia say that she's better at you then? Uh, none. I put none. I thought that that's what she would say. And none. Yes, she did. I put none. <laughs> I mean, I ain't trying to be arrogant like I'm out here. I just, like you it, LeBron or somebody. Nah, you she, like. just, she just not really a sports person. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she's not into athletics and things like that. You know, so I... And I kind of, you know, played basketball mm-hmm. for a long period of time or whatever. I'm old and washed up now, so I can't really do it like <laughs> I used to. But I didn't think that she would say any any sport, really, to be honest, because she's okay. not really into it. Yeah. But even, like, TV games, like we Jeopardy or anything like that, I'm not quick enough on my feet, so he beats me in those two. He thinks faster than me. <laughs> you said, wait, what? Yep, I'm still reading the question. So, I don't know if I think faster, but I, I talk faster. So <laughs> okay, so you, you it comes so, right out, huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. Then we asked William if um, you were to describe your marriage as a game, what game would it be? I put Jeopardy. Oh, what is that? I put chess. So why Jeopardy? Ooh, I don't know. I just <laughs> <laughs> that, I love that, that question. That, that question. I that question kind of stumped me a little bit because okay. I never had equated the marriage to a game. To a game you know what right, I mean? So yeah, yeah. it was kind of hard. And then, you know, we used to kind of sit and watch Jeopardy with each other and <laughs> kind of go back and forth about that. So I just put that because I felt like that might be kind of an easier answer, to be honest with you. I was trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out what I could I really, I really was stumped on that question, to be okay, honest with you. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was stumped too. I'm not going to lie. It took me a little bit longer. Um, but, I, you know, I started thinking really hard. I put chess, um, because with chess, I mean, you have to, um, you have to be strategic, and I think in a marriage, Mm -hmm. you have to be really strategic, Mm, um, you have to be patient at times, because it gets a little slow, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and I've had to learn how to be, you know, patient in the marriage, and I think we both have learned that, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, you kind of have to think, you know, think ahead, Mm. too, so I just, I don't know, there's a different strategy you need in chess, and I think we've had to use all of those to really make our marriage what it is. A lot of thinking happens in in a marriage where you didn't really anticipate it, you know what I mean? You didn't didn't know that you was going to have to think this out, or, Mm -hmm. you know, a decision comes up, and all of a sudden you're faced with a decision, and both of you kind of have to mull it over and be, like she said, be strategic about it, you know, even, it's like, where the kids gonna go, or we gotta go do yeah, this, or where yeah. you know how are we gonna be able to fit this into our schedule and things mm-hmm. like that, or you know how are we gonna be able to fit me and you into the schedule when yeah. we got kids yeah. and we got careers and I mean so it it is a lot of moves that you have to make and then sometimes things are slow like she said mm-hmm. um, you know when you first start out finances might not be the way you want them to be and even mm-hmm. over the course of the time of your marriage they might not always be the what, what you want them to be so. There are going to be some slow times, and then there are going to be some fast times. It'll be good times, and it's going to be some bad times, and you got to strategically think about how you want to, how you want that to go. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <coughs> and the last question we asked William is: If you and your family were to move today, where would Kia say she would want to move to? Paris, New York City, or Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Yes. <laughs> and now, why Los Angeles? Paris is too far. <laughs> Um, so she, you know, she don't want to be somewhere where she's going to be so unfamiliar with everything that's going on. Um, New York is too cold. Um, (laughs) and it's cost, I mean, the cost of living in Los Angeles and New York and Paris Mm -hmm. are pretty high, but I just thought that, you know, being somewhere where it's it's sunny most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and nice outside most of the time, (laughs) you know, you can kind of 
navigate your way through that a little bit better than, you know, half of the year is cold and <laughs> things like that. So um, I thought Los Angeles would probably be the place that she would pick from those, those three. Yeah. And for that reason, it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> I like warm. See, y'all did really good, though. Oh, yeah. And Kia, you was nervous. Like, oh, shoot. You said, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I was a little bit nervous. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I don't get nervous too much. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if all of our answers were going to match up, but I always mm-hmm. knew that if you asked a follow-up question and why we picked it, this yeah. would, you know, it would, it, a lot of stuff would kind of coincide with each other. So Yeah. And I liked how your first mind answer yes. <laughs> was like dead on, but yep. like maybe either you put it down and William, you didn't, mm-hmm. or Kia, yep. you didn't put it down and then yep. William didn't. Yeah, so that, that was, I like that piece. Yeah. Yes. So with with both of you, you know, being in the professions you are um, as a therapist and a school counselor, how do you guys not allow work to interfere with the marriage and your own families? Because, I mean, that's some tough stuff on both ends. Absolutely. I'll let William um, for For me, um, it's just at, at some point in time, I have to realize that, this is this is over here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is over here. So I had to prioritize it in terms of okay, when I'm at work, I'm, I'm at work. When I'm at home, I want to be at home. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and there are certain, there are a lot of situations that, as far as when you're working with kids, and they tell you certain things that are you know traumas and things that are going on in their mm-hmm. life, you do take that stuff with you, and you want to mm-hmm. kind of you know. But at the same time. Um, I'm married to Kia, so I mm-hmm. want to make sure that I'm spending time with Kia and my own family and being appropriate with them, mm-hmm. um, and not and not letting things from uh, you know outside influences spill over into our house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just a work, you know. It's, it's, pri- it's just like prioritizing everything else that you have going on in your life. You know what I mean? Um, certain things are going to take precedence over other things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so that's the kind of the way that I try to look at it. You know what I mean? My marriage is is first. It's this thing mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, and I'm that I'm building on. And I'm working on every day. Um, and because of that, it causes me to do that in other areas of my life too. Mm-hmm. And so. Knowing, knowing that and having to take hard looks at myself and, and, and kind of, you know, know where my ups and my downs are, it helps me in my practice every day. So um, I, I try to look at it like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, how with the communication, because, kid, that's that's your expertise. You're dealing with couples <laughs> daily, honey. Um, <laughs> so how how easy is it for you just to like, uh-oh, <laughs> to, to transpose it into your own marriage to use those communication skills? Are you always, do you feel like you're always top-notch on it? Or sometimes you'd be like, you know what? <laughs> no, I'm not always top-notch on it. I have to remind myself of the things that I mm-hmm. give my couple mm-hmm. so I'm not being a hypocrite. And actually, I think doing couples counseling has actually helped me mm. in my marriage because I see some of those pitfalls and some yeah. of those things to avoid. Um, and I've, you know, sometimes I'll even come home and say, hey, well, do I do this or do I do that? Or, you know, he'll let me know, like, no, or, you know, maybe or something. So I, I think it's actually been kind of helpful for me. But no, I'm not always top notch. I have to remind myself <laughs> of those skills, too. Um, I would agree. I'm not, um, I'm not always, I mean, I talk a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. always. Uh, want to communicate mm. um, and it doesn't that necessarily always happening to do with Kia it's just my personality you know mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit I'm a, a extroverted introvert is what I like mm. to call it you know I, right. I can you know hold my own when I'm out amongst the people but when, kind of when I get home I'm a lot to myself um, and 
that sometimes it's difficult because there are things that I think, like we talked about before when y'all were having, when y'all were talking about in part one, mm-hmm. when you think your partner knows something, mm, yeah, and they don't. Mm. I mean, they, they they may know it, but it's it hasn't been communicated enough for them to make a change in what they're doing. Yeah, and so I've had that experience uh, quite a lot over the twelve years, um, and I believe because I've I've had those experiences, and I wanted to keep working on it. That mm-hmm. I did, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I am. So it's not a finished work. It ain't perfect, but you know, we <laughs> yeah. we try we try very hard. And I think again, with, like what Kia was just saying, like certain things in um, what I do every day with kids, teachers, families, and mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. uh, it makes a difference in terms of you telling people to communicate, you telling mm-hmm. people to talk it out, and you telling people to use these strategies, but you're not using them. <laughs> and yeah. so it really it really puts you. You know, it reflects back on you a lot. And you don't want to be a hypocrite. And you don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're telling people to do stuff all day, but you're not willing to do it yourself. And I don't, that to me, that's not, that's not a way to, that's not the way to go. You know? Right. So um, being in the field that we are, I think it causes you to reflect on a lot of things mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't have reflected on. Mm-hmm. And then you try to change according to whatever it is that you're doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, communication, I know, like, I can kind of be a chatterbox sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I can do therapy for seven hours and sometimes still come <laughs> home and I'm still talking. I don't know if you remember, but at one point you told me that, you know, when you come home from work, you really don't want to talk. Like, he had to tell me that. And it mm-hmm. wasn't, I mean, not that it hurt my feelings or anything, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have known that if right. he hadn't said anything. So he was honest, like, I need a debriefing time, you know. So, mm-hmm. Okay. You know, go in the basement or do what you got to do. But <laughs> but at least he let me know so that that way if he's coming home, I'm not thinking he's upset or he's mad. Like, he just needs to chill. And mm-hmm. he, he told me that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, for, for where I've been for the last, I mean, really, it's, it's long, for as, as long as I've been in education, um, when, you, when you're a black male in education and you work mm-hmm. in these urban settings, you're the leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no matter whether or not that's your title or anything, yeah. but you're the leader there yeah. and for a lot of situations. So you're speaking up on things that most people won't speak up on mm-hmm. when things are going the wrong way, you know, for for kids. And, and for me, a lot of times, me and them don't have a lot of examples of a strong black man. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it automatically thrusts you into that position. And so... When you're talking all day and you lead, <laughs> trying to lead all day and you're trying to correct all yeah. day, by the time you get home, you, you you tapped out. Yeah. So you do need a little bit of time and a little bit of space to kind of get yourself back together. And, mm-hmm. kid, you know, communicating that with her, she's allowed me to have that space, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's um, it works out really well because um, if I had to continue on, then I may get upset mm-hmm. and it, it wouldn't really be her fault. It'd right. be, you know, be on me. And so I'm just appreciative that, to the fact that she, I, I did say something to her. She listened to it, took it into account and then actually put it in practice. So yeah. it's a big thing for me. Yeah. And, and just for you guys using that example. So my Bishop did a relationship series and, um, he handed us like tips, like for, for women mm-hmm. when they're in a marriage and then tips for guys. And one of them on there was like, Women, your husband, when he get home from work, he don't want to talk. Yeah. And I was just like, all right. <laughs> you know, let him debrief. Mm-hmm. And, like, when he's ready to talk, mm-hmm. then he'll come to you or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Kia is full of ideas. She's always, I mean. Always, <laughs> I, love, I love how you said that, though. I no, love seriously. No, like, she's, yeah. always, she's always thinking. She's always wondering what's next. She's yeah. always planning. She's always setting goals. 
And I like that stuff, but it's at the same time, you know, that's what I did all day. Mm, I've been thinking, I've been planning, I've been helping people set goals. And and so when I get home, it's like, let me just sit down for a minute and kind of get my head together. And then we can, you know, we can go back, we can plug back into that in an hour or so. But let me get a little time to, you know. And then with kids involved, we got our own kids. And so... Um, they don't give you no opportunity to do that. And <laughs> <No>. so, <laughs> um, she, you know, Kia's schedule, because of her scheduling, she works late a lot, so I'm with the kids a lot. Mm-hmm. So coming from being a kid at school with kids at home, <laughs> it's kind of rough, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So some days are good, some days <laughs> are not so good. But, um, you know, we work through it, and, uh, and it's, we try to give each other the, the space and time. Because I know, I know Kia wants to talk. Mm-hmm. I know she has things that she wants to tell me. Yeah. Um, and some of the... You got to try to, like, okay, chill out. Because in, in my mind, it's like, I don't feel like talking. But yeah. if she's coming to tell me something, it has to be important to her. So I got to make, mm. make the time to be able to listen to that, too. Yeah. You know, it, it can't always be, all right, I'm going to just go here and, and chill. Because I got a wife upstairs, and yeah. she has things that she wants to communicate to me. So I got to be open to that just as much as she wants to give me the space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's you know, it works that way, vice versa. You can't always say, yes. oh, I don't feel like talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you said that, too, you yeah. know, because it's not one-sided. Right. No, nah, marriage is a compromise. You, yeah. you know, it's, as much as we talk about love and everything else, it's a mm-hmm. partnership. Um, yeah. And so, you know, when you're partners, you got to do 50-50. And so there's things that she brings to the marriage that, that I don't have. And mm-hmm. there are things that I believe that I bring to the marriage that she may not have. And so mm-hmm. we have to meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah. If we can't do that, then it's going to be a lot of issues, you know, maybe not right away, but down the line at some point yeah. in time. Yeah. Good stuff. I know. See, y'all are great. <laughs> I don't know about that. I just, <laughs> you have a lot of mishaps in your life and you learn from them. That's, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. I wouldn't say I was great. <laughs> I'm just a but, regular guy. But no, you learned from them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's on both ends. Right. You know, you learn what to do, what not to do. Oh, when yes. you have the couples in front of you, you be like, oh, shoot. All right, let me figure this Absolutely. out in my own. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. So before we leave, how do you guys keep yourself physically, mentally, um, and spiritually healthy? Like, especially with your busy schedules, mm-hmm. with the kids, with your jobs, you know? Um, read, spiritually, r- reading my Bible, you know, mm-hmm. trying to read it daily, you know, uh, you know, get just getting into it and, and, and trying to <clears throat> allow God to to interpret it for me not necessarily taking what it is on face value yeah but allowing god to kind of interpret it for me and then you see things in in your life where god will pretty much put you in a put you in a situation or sometimes you put yourself in a situation and then god will show you that this is not what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. or just you know you are on the right path so yeah. you know just just making sure that i got my ears and my heart open to god is spiritually um e- emotionally um it's um <laughs> sometimes it's a challenge in terms of emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm an emotional guy, mm-hmm. uh, so I got a lot of ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. But really, always trying to come back to the center and finding mm-hmm. my balance. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, there are times when I'm gonna be upset. There's times when I'm gonna be sad. There's gonna, uh, and then you know, as men, we taught to kind of hold that in. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. hope, but when you do that, it's damaging to you. Yeah. I think we t- guys were talking about a little bit earlier how. Um, when people get into situations with the promiscuity and things like that, people get into a lot of situations because they 
don't feel like they can talk to anybody about mm-hmm. it or they don't feel like they can let it out or they're embarrassed about something that happened in their life and they don't really know that other people have gone through that too. And if you, you talk to the right people, they can really give you some tips and strategies on how to regulate that. And so mm-hmm. it's just really trying to regulate it. Um, physical, I'm always doing something <laughs> uh, active, yeah. um, you know, whether that's playing with my kids putting something together for my kids mm-hmm. um you know kids they have a way of making you get up and go do something that you may not want to do uh-huh. um but just just kind of doing that and just um you know just trying to stay on top of that aspect of it i love to ride my bike mm-hmm. um taking walks and stuff like that is always good for me too and then uh you said physical emotional spiritual Mm-hmm. And then what was the other one? It was one more. Just, was that that? It? That's just that. Okay, I'm just adding stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I told you sometimes the mic, the mic, be the mic, be drawing close. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> and then we have a um, we have a really good support network. I think um, absolutely. I think. You know, my mom and um, dad and just other family who are willing to take the kids. You know, mm-hmm. for a few hours mm-hmm. so that we can go grab a. Dinner or something. Yeah. I'm a big believer in dating. I don't yes. care how long you've been together. Like, date, 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 date. So yes. even if we just can watch one series on Netflix, you know, for an hour, if that's all we have time for, we try to do it as best we can. Mm. Talk. Yeah. So I think that's. Absolutely. I would agree with the family situation too. You know, yeah. it's a lot of people in our families who, and you can see situations going on with those people and it kind of helps you say, I don't want to do that, or that's that's mm-hmm. a good thing for them to be doing. I think maybe we should incorporate that into our relationship as well. So, yes. I mean, just just watching and learning, you know, yeah. growing and living, it's, it's all a part of, um, it's all a part of life. It, but if you, you're going through things and you're not learning from those things, then mm. I, I feel like there's something wrong with that. Not necessarily something wrong with you, but right. you're just not learning from the, mis- the mistakes or thing, the ups and downs in your life. So mm-hmm. I always want to take things as a learning experience, and, and as opposed to I'm just doing this to be doing it. I want to yeah. do. I want to be learning something from it, taking something away from it. So yes. And then Kia, how do you keep yourself centered, healthy, physically, mentally, and spiritually? And well, church is you know a big part of my life. Except we coming from church today, yeah. you know that's that's something that we do. Um, mm-hmm. Um, like I said, reading the Bible. Um, physically, I do need to do better physically. Um, I will say that, but I am. Yeah, we both do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, definitely need to do better physically, but um, am you know trying to watch what I'm eating, you mm-hmm, know, eliminating mm-hmm. certain things starting there, because um, that stuff can weigh you down, and mm-hmm. you know, physical affects the mental. So yes. definitely want to keep your temple together um, emotionally. And again, I'm a talker, so mm. um, <laughs> I, I will talk to Will if you know something is going on again because he's a counselor too. He understands, yes. you know, the field and you know the confidentiality and all of that stuff. So you know, <laughs> clients know I'm not telling names right, or anything, right. but you know, just situations yeah. and he can kind of help coach me through some things. So that's a really good thing. Um, you know, wa- watching a few of my favorite TV shows. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to veg out. I mean, they're kind of dumb show sometimes but you know when you're hearing serious stuff yeah, right. you're hearing serious stuff all day and, yeah. you know, a little mindless TV yeah, right just kind of veg out I mean it, it helps me so just yeah. to kind of debrief and um, again just being with my family that helps me emotionally yeah, yeah. I'm also a, a big music I like music so mm-hmm. music okay. is a good thing for you know to have around and yeah. I'm always playing music and you know trying to sing along to the tunes and stuff like that so <laughs> Um, it's a it's a big part of you know my upbringing. My father always had music on, playing mm-hmm. you know forty five records and the you know real record players and stuff like that. So 
that's a big part of of kind of what I do. A yeah. long time ago, I used to think I was a rapper for some for some odd <laughs> reason. So, um, you know, it's a big part of yeah. a big part of our lives too. Yeah, awesome. And now, Kia, can you tell the listeners where can they find you at if they're looking for a therapist? Are you accepting new clients right now? I am accepting okay. new clients. You can find me on Psychology Today. I have Ooh-ooh. my profile listed <laughs> on there. Um, just type in Kia Holloway. Um, I am located at 8018 West Capitol Drive. The name of my company is Imani Counseling Services. You can Google it. My telephone number is 414-737-1820, and I accept private pay, and I am in several insurance networks. Yes, and all that information will be on my website at www.theevolvingchair.com. So thank you guys so much thank for coming you. to Thanks chat for with us. me. I will bring us. y'all back, though. Okay. Cool. Because this relationship series thing is, you know, I really don't feel like I can, like, end it. You know, like. It's a lot. It's a lot. Exactly. And it's needed. It's so needed. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So thank y'all again. No problem. Thank you thank for you. having thank us. Thank you for having no us. Had fun. No Absolutely. problem. <laughs> thank you guys for sitting in for my chat with Mrs. Kia and Mr. William. So until next time, peace. Hey, TEC listeners, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and rate this podcast. You can send me emails with questions, comments, and feedback to TECpodcast2017 at gmail.com, on Twitter at TECpodcast2017, IG at TECpodcast, Facebook, The Evolving Chair Podcast, or check out my website, at www.theevolvingchair.com. So go listen to me on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play.